Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, stand with me. I want to pray. We can pray together and then we're going to jump into the word of God. Amen. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you, Father. We are in 2024. I pray that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what the spirit of the living God is saying. I pray that you've established the word of God in the heavens, now establish it in our hearts. God, I pray that you would touch and transform and change us, Lord. Let us never be the same. Lord, radically change us in even the trajectory of our lives, oh God. Let us be, Lord, truly like Jacob. Though we may have started bad, Lord, we can still end well. And though we may start great, let us end greater, Lord God. I pray your blessings over your people, and I pray once again, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open the eyes of their understanding that they might know you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I have a word of encouragement to you. Look at your neighbor. Say, we're going to be encouraged today. It is 2024. It is a new time. Come on, tell them it's a new time. God has great things for us. Amen and amen. I want to give you a quote by a guy named Steve Maraboli. He said this. He said, the best way to succeed is to have a specific intent, a clear vision, a plan of action, and the ability to maintain clarity. He said those are the four pillars of success. He said it never fails. And what happened was two weeks ago, there was a woman of God who said that she had the best year of her life. She stood in this pulpit and she began to declare how God had introduced her to things that would cause her to have the best year of her life. Danielle Lucas gave us five specific things, a blueprint, I would even say, to help us to have the best year of our lives. And I want to give you the five blueprints that she highlighted in her testimony of what God did in her in 2023. Because as she was speaking, I went back and I listened to the the testimony that she shared. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was like, that's going to be the key for my people having the best year of their lives. She gave a blueprint because she, she highlighted what I was doing in her life to cause her to go from average to excellent, to go from having okay to having a phenomenal year, amen, from having a Christianity that was just, you know, just kind of there to having a Christianity that she could look and say, God, I am proud that I get to serve you and live the life that you're giving me to live. She gave us a blueprint, and I want to share with you the five things that we can do to have the best year of our life in 2024. Amen. Come on. I want to just acknowledge Danielle. 
this is a surprise. You didn't know I was going to preach this. She came up to me a couple of days ago, and she said, how awesome, because I mentioned, I said, you know, I may one day preach about what you shared. And then she came back like a day or two later. She said, a man of God would preach the things that I shared. That would be so awesome. And I had to, like, keep a straight face like, she doesn't know what's about to happen. Praise the Lord. So I want to say thank you. Because though I literally am 20 years older than you, I learned from you. You taught me something because I heard what God was doing in your life. And now I get the privilege to tell God's people what God was doing in your life, that all of us can be beneficiaries and partakers of the grace of God. Amen. Y'all give, let's give Danielle a good hand clap. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So here's the blueprint for 2024. First thing we must do if we want to have the best year of our life in 2024 is, number one, we must engage in meaningful spiritual practices this year in 2024. Look at your neighbor and say, you must do something spiritual. One of the first things that we have the opportunity to do is participate in the 14 days of glory. We're starting today, and for the next 14 days, we're going to be praying and fasting, and we're going to be coming together corporately for prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 21 in the New King, King James said this, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and his, a young man with his child has just run into an impossible situation. He's run into a situation where nothing has changed, his problem has remained and even gotten greater and Jesus makes the powerful statement when he summarizes the solution to the young man the father and his son's problem he said however this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting amen there are some things that you are facing that have defeated you in the past but they will only be victoriously won on your behalf through prayer and fasting Prayer and fasting is also the solution if you have stagnated or you have plateaued in your walk in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If we're honest with ourselves, there are times where we just feel like we're just going through the motions. We're just blah or ah in our relationship with Christ. But what fasting and prayer does, it is the solution to a stagnated, plateaued Christianity. Because what it does is it begins to put the fire back into your relationship. It begins to put passion back into your relationship. It brings you back to that place when you first got saved and you were so excited and you are so grateful and thankful that Lord, the Lord was saved, a sinner like yourself. You were singing things like amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me because you begin to recognize and realize that you don't deserve what God is doing. You don't deserve the blessings he's given you, and yet he's still giving them to you. And it breathes a gratitude and an appreciation. But sometimes we get a little bit comfortable. We get a little bit relaxed. We become complacent and we forget. We get amnesia. We forget what God has done. What prayer and fasting does is it reminds you again of how good he's been. It reminds you again of all the stuff that he saved you from. See, time may have distanced you from your past and you may not do what you used to do, but never forget the one that saved you, delivered you, and set you free from the dark and shameful things that may have been a part of your past. 
The next meaningful spiritual thing we can do this year is come to the times of corporate prayer and fasting. We made two times, 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. Just pick one. Look at your neighbor and say, just pick one. Amen. You can come in the morning. You can come in the evening. If you're feeling super duper spiritual, you can come at both times. Amen. Acts 4.31 says this, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. When they, the group, had prayed, the place that they had assembled together was shaken. There is something that only happens through corporate prayer and fasting. You may say, well, I love to pray in my secret place, and that is important. You need to do that. But when you come together with the men and women of God, with the saints of the Lord, and we gather together and begin calling upon the name of the Lord, things begin to shake. We can see the foundation of Sacramento and California shake. And everything that's not like Jesus, we could shake it out of the state because we are praying and fasting and we're causing God to come down and take notice of our cause and our desire to see him transform the state of California, amen? If, if half of us would pray as much as we complain about what's going on, we would see a turnaround happen in the things around us, amen? I, I know you got nervous on that one. It's okay, praise the Lord. But we are going to come together and pray at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. And if you say, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Well, you know the best way to learn how to pray? Get around people who do know, know how to pray. Amen? Hang out with people that pray. Say, I don't know how to pray, but how do you pray? Talk to me. And hang out and spend time with people who pray. And eventually some of that is going to rub off on you and provoke you. And you're going to start learning how to pray. Amen? Hallelujah. The second thing to have the best year of 2024 is you have to let go of things that's robbing you of living the full life Christ has given you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got, you got to let go of some stuff. You got to get rid of some baggage. Come on. You got to let go of some stuff. See, some of us spiritually are like hoarders. We just keep packing things in and packing, packing, packing. And God says you need to spiritually declutter. You need to emotionally declutter. You need to mentally declutter. Some of you even need to relationally declutter. You need to start getting rid of the baggage and the stuff that has been occupying your mind, your heart, your life, your relationships, and holding you back. You have to stop letting things rob you of living the full life that Jesus Christ died to give us. Amen. Second Timothy 1 7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. You need to tell fear you are not a welcome guest in my life, in my mind, in my emotions, in my relationships. We have to stop, and I'm telling you, this is something God really showed me all throughout 2023. We have to stop making fear-based decisions. We have to stop making decisions based on fear, the things we're scared of, the things we don't want to have happen. We have to stop letting fear be the driving force to the decisions that we're making. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but when we operate in the spirit of fear, we're giving access to the enemy because the devil does give us a spirit of fear. But God has given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord wants to empower you to walk with him. He wants you to love him and to love people. And then he wants you to have a sound mind that the enemy is not constantly tormenting you and harassing you and nagging you in your mental faculties. Amen? Amen. 
Danielle spoke about how God had delivered her from fear. She was scared of a lot of things. She struggled with anxiety. And she said, at, during the time of fasting and prayer, the 14 days of glory, God says, this is over with. She had never gone on a missions trip before. And then all of a sudden, she went from no missions trips to going out of the country two times. And I was with her on one of those two trips. And I can absolutely tell you, she convinced me that she is truly a woman of God. She served people. She loved Jesus. She brought people to Jesus Christ. She, she honored the Lord and honored everyone around her. And I said, Lord, there's something special about this young woman. But what she did is she did not allow fear to rob her of doing what God was asking her to do. And when she stepped out of the boat and stepped away from fear and said, God, I'm going to trust you even with the things that scare me, I, God started using her in ways that she had never been used before. There are things, promises, blessings waiting on the other side of you not letting fear stop you. And even if you're scared, you know what you need to do? Do it scared. Do it scared. Do it scared. You know the word courage is not the absence of fear. It's looking fear in the face and still doing it anyway. That's what it means to be courageous. Amen? God, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> You know what the devil would do if he see you just starting to do all this stuff for Jesus, even though you're nervous? He's going to be like, I got to find somebody else to mess with because my stuff isn't working on them no more. Amen. Amen. John 10, 10 says this. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich or satisfying life or to give you life and life more abundantly. That is what Jesus wants to give you is an abundant life. The devil wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. Jesus wants to give you abundant life. Guess what? You get to choose which one of those things that happen in your life. You can, you can say, if the devil's trying to rob, steal, and kill from me, I'm going to reject that, and I'm going to start living in the full abundant life that Jesus Christ died to give me, but that means that I have to start doing what he's asking me to do. Amen? Which brings us to our third point. The third thing you must do to have the best year of your life. You have to realize that God is going to stretch you because stretching is a sign of growth. Oh, yes. God is going to stretch you because stretching is a sign of growth. Many of you have been pregnant, and one of the things that happens to your body, ladies, is you begin to get stretch marks. Whether you like them or not, stretch marks are actually a good thing because they are an indicator that something is alive and growing in you. Something is developing and maturing on the inside of you. It is a sign that you're about to birth something that did not exist in the previous season, but it now exists in this season. Stretch marks are a sign of growth. Amen? So when God is stretching you spiritually, when he's stretching you emotionally, when he's stretching you in the area of your faith, when he's stretching you in relationships, when he's stretching you in trying times, God is trying to grow you and develop you and bring you to a place that you've never been because he's trying to burst something through you. Amen? Stretching is not a bad thing. Look at your neighbor and say, stretching is not a bad thing. Come on, I remember when Pastor Shannon was pregnant. That last trimester, ooh, it was rough. 
She was uncomfortable. Come on, when you're in that third trimester, you can't sleep good, you're in no comfortable position, everything's uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable because you're about to birth something of great significance, amen? God is going to stretch you. Isaiah 54, verses 2 through 5 says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of their dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Verse 4, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore, for your maker is your husband speaking of the Lord the Lord of hosts is his name and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel he is called the God of the whole earth God is saying stretch forth your tent page begin to stretch and expand push your boundaries out because he is doing something in your life and the stretching is a sign that you are growing amen see if you can learn how to become comfortable being uncomfortable Ooh, if you can learn how to become comfortable being uncomfortable, God can do great and mighty things through your life. Amen? Praise God. Put up a picture for me. Praise the Lord. God bless us. I got you. This is the picture of our home in New Orleans that we sold in the month of November. God bless Pastor Elizabeth and I. We stayed in the community in New Orleans, and we got the house ready in December of 2022, ready to sell. And we got a real estate agent, all of the stuff. We moved here to California, and we're like, okay, we're going to sell the house. We're going to get a new house. Everything's going to be good. And for an entire year, everyone say an entire year, God would not let us sell this home. God just kept telling me, no, now's not the time. And I'm thinking like, God, this doesn't make sense. What do you mean it's not the time? We still got to pay a mortgage on this. So, I mean, what time is that? Like, help me out, Lord, because I'm not understanding the timing. But in the entire time that God was stretching me to get me to trust him, even though I didn't understand what he was doing, the couple that bought this house had been praying and asking God for the right house that they could buy. I want to tell you this. There are sometimes where God is pausing you because he's about to bless somebody else. Amen? Sometimes God will tell you to pause because he is preparing something and the timing of God is just as important as what he's asking you to do. And one of the things that's going to help you to get free in 2024 is that you don't have to always understand what God is doing, but you have to always continue to trust him. I'm going to say that because some of you struggle with your relationship with Jesus because you don't always understand what God's doing, but you have to always continue to trust him because even when it doesn't make sense, God is still preparing things and putting things in place. Amen? So this couple had been fasting and praying, or, or had been praying. They had built the house. The house that they were building, everything fell apart. They, they no longer got the house. They went into contract with a second house. Things didn't work out. And then finally, after almost a year, the same time frame that we had this on the market, we put the house on the market on a Friday at 3 p.m. In less than 24 hours, this couple found our house, and we were in contract in less in 24 hours all because we waited for the timing of God 
Come on, somebody. What was happening that whole time? God was stretching me. God was saying, son, do you trust me? Do you trust me when you don't understand? Because God never said, I'm doing this for this reason. He just said, this is what I'm doing. I need you to trust me. And what happened over that time period, there was a house, and I'm, I am glad to report to you today that Pastor Elizabeth and I have just closed, and we've purchased a house here in Elk Grove. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But here's the awesome part. In the time frame that the year that we had to wait, which I didn't understand, the house that we were looking at, the, the, the builder and the, the size of the home, the price of that house dropped $200,000 in that time frame. No, 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 you, you, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. Yeah. You, I didn't say $2. I didn't, I didn't say $2. In the year that God told us to wait, that builder with the square footage in the same area that they built the house, the price of the home dropped $200,000. The significance was obeying God when you don't understand what he is doing. Obeying God when he is stretching you and you are uncomfortable and it doesn't make sense what he's doing, but you see the stretch marks happening. You see something's growing. You can't see what's growing on the end, but you just see the evidence and the sign that something is growing and being birthed. I'm telling you, if you can be patient and trust God in 2024, you will birth things. You will step into promises. You will step into blessings. You will see the hand of God move in your life in ways that you never imagined possible and I'm telling you it's important that you do not abort because you step ahead of God amen look in our daily walk we saw Abraham and Sarah step in front of God and they birthed an Ishmael Ishmael is what happens when we go ahead of God and try to do it our way Isaac the promised child is what happens when we allow the promises of God to unfold in the timing of God Abraham and Sarah had to wait over 25 years for the promise to come to pass but they got the promise because they were patient they trusted God and they waited when they got in patient they birthed something that we are still dealing with here in the earth today because they couldn't hold on God is bringing you out of a season of birthing Ishmael's and he's bringing you into a season of birthing Isaac's amen <laughs> number four God will give you the grace for your assignment the fourth piece of the blueprint is God will give you the grace for the assignment one thing that Danielle said repeatedly, she said, this was the best year of my life, but it was not the easiest year. Mm. She said it was the best year, but it was not easy, and best is not, is not the same thing. See, we think if it's easy, then it's good. That's not true. Because anything that you do of significance probably is going to be harder than what you thought it would be. Amen? The things that's easy, you take it for granted. Come on. Some of us have lost stuff because we gained it easy and we also let it go quickly. 
But if we learn that in the hard things, God can do something great, then we will begin to walk in the way that is pleasing to the Lord. God will give you grace for the assignment. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. And he said to me, this is the apostle Paul speaking. He said, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is perfected in weakness or made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities than that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You need to understand that no matter how difficult, how hard, how challenging, how problematic the things you may be facing are, God will give you grace to get through whatever you're dealing with. Amen? God will give you grace for whatever you are dealing with. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how much you think you don't have the capacity. It's not your capacity. It's the capacity of God in you that's working gracefully to get you to the finish line. God's grace is sufficient in seasons of sickness. When you're going through seasons of prolonged sickness, God will give you grace. God's grace is sufficient during times of transition. When you have to make hard choices and difficult decisions and make major moves, God will give you grace in seasons of transition. God's grace is sufficient during moments of loss. When we lose loved ones, when we lose jobs, when we lose businesses, when we lose homes, when we lose things that are significant to us, God will give us grace. Amen? Not our strength, not our might, not our ability, but the grace of God operating in us and through us. Even when it's hard, God give us grace. Paul said, my grace, and he said of the Lord, your grace is sufficient. Your power is perfected or your strength is perfected in my weakness. God can give you strength when you're weak. Amen. God can give you grace when you are down. God can pick you up when you don't feel like you can go another day. There's a scripture where the Bible says this, thank you. It says, God will never lay more on on you than what you can bear. Amen? That's a beautiful scripture, but it's hard to live. Come on, somebody. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Lord. You never put more on me than what I can bear. But when you got that thousand-pound weight on your shoulders, oh, Jesus, where you at? Where you at, Lord? I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to help you out. I want you to get this. If you are going through things and you're like at the end of your rope, you say, God, I can't take another thing. The fact that you are taking it means that you have greater capacity than what you realize. Amen? Come on, you have a greater capacity than what you realize. God's just showing you your level of the capacity that he has brought you to, and you're just now realizing it as you are under the weight of the stress of what you may be going through. I remember I went through a season, two years of going through the hottest, burning, fiery furnace trials of my life. And I remember saying, God, I can't go through no more. I can't handle no more. I can't deal with no more, God. And the Lord says, how long have you been in this? I said, for two years. And God says, are you still going? I said, yes, I am. So God says, you have a capacity to deal with more. (laughs) What? God says, you got greater capacity than what you realize. I just have to show you what your capacity is. Ooh. 
See, because when you step into something else and someone says, no, you ain't going to make it, you look at them like you don't know my capacity. Mm. You saying I can run five miles, I could actually run like 17 miles because my capacity has been tested and proven on the real road of life and I know what God has put on the inside of me because he will not put more on me than what I can bear. I'm telling you, what you think is a curse is a blessing because God is expanding your tent page. He's showing you your capacity and he's preparing you for something greater. You just got to hold on and not give up just because things are a little bit difficult during this season of your life, amen? Come on, I'm prophesying right now. There's some marriages that's about to break, and you're like, I can't take this man. I can't take this woman no more. And the Lord's saying, if you can just get over this last hump, the promised land is right across the river. Just don't give up right now. It's hard. Y'all are fussing. The kids are acting crazy. The money is funny. You're stressed out, but don't give up because God's about to bring a breakthrough if you can just hold on a little bit longer. Amen? Bring it into the fast. God, I'm bringing my marriage into the fast. I'm bringing my spouse into the fast. I'm bringing my kids into the fast. And Lord, I'm not going to stop praying and fasting till I see a promise, a breakthrough, a turnaround. You are the God of the breakthrough. You said this kind only come out by prayer and fasting. Well, that crazy spirit and my spouse got to come out during these 14 days. Amen. And you might be the one with the crazy spirit. So you may need to say, Lord, this crazy spirit got to come up out of me during these 14 days. <laughs> Look, if you throw it off, you just have to own it. Say, I am not all the way there, Jesus. Help me out. And he will give you help. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Number five in the last one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the fifth blueprint to make this the best year of your life is make God your central focus for 2024. He has to be it. He has to be the one, amen. Make him your central focus in 2024. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart, Amen. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. God is not playing hide and seek. He's not ducking out. He's not trying to evade and avoid. The Lord is available. We just need to stop being distracted by so many things and having our focus diminished over so many areas. And if we could just fix our eyes on him and focus on him and begin to pursue him, then we will see the promises of God fulfilled because he said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You know what this fast is about? Getting our entire hearts focused on him. See, because during the fast, you got to shut down the social media. You need to turn off the TV. You need to stop looking at them crazy soap operas that got you filled with all kind of crazy desires. You need to shut that down for 14 days so that you can get a wholehearted pursuit of him. And he said, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Amen? Come on, somebody. If we engage God in meaningful spiritual things, if we let go of the things that's robbing us, 
if we allow God to stretch us even when we feel uncomfortable, if we would embrace the grace of God in areas of our weakness, if we would make the Lord our primary focus in 2024, then I can declare to you that this will truly be the best year of your life. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is so faithful. This is not the season in the year of failure. This is the year of major turnaround, amen? This is the year of turnaround. This is the year of turnaround. I'm telling you, you got to believe that God is going to turn things around in 2024. Let it be done according to your faith. I'm not, ex- I'm not expecting or accepting anything less than a phenomenal year in 2024, amen? It's not even an option. It's not that you hear what I'm saying. It's not an option. Well, Pastor John, what a bad stuff happened. Praise the Lord. I know who my redeemer is. I'm not focused on the bad stuff. I'm focused on him. And we're still going to get to the finish line in the promised land. Amen. Bad stuff happened. Praise God. I'm going to grow some more, stretch my territory and become more mature in my faith. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.